0: Hello and welcome to the Feeling Good Podcast. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and joining me here in the Murieta Studios is Dr. David Burns. Hi, David. Hi, Fabrice. Dr. David Burns has been a pioneer in the development of cognitive therapy, and he is the creator of the new team therapy. He is the author of Feeling Good, which has sold over 5 million copies in the United States and has been translated into over 20 languages. He is an emeritus adjunct clinical professor of psychiatry at the Stanford University School of Medicine. Welcome to episode 95 of the Feeling Good podcast. We are going to um, uh, make an attempt today at describing uh, a technique that um, um, David calls the recovery circle. But Because this touches on a number of techniques, we hope to... Constrain all this within one episode, but we'll see how we do on this. So, uh, but before uh, we get into the matter of today's episode, David, you have an announcement to make. Yes, uh, Fabrice, I'm pregnant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I know. <laughs>
1: no, the uh, announcement is that uh, on August six to nine, two thousand eighteen, I'll be doing my summer intensive at the South San Francisco Conference Center. Yeah. That's a four-day intensive, includes two evening sessions. Uh, there will be uh, actual, I'll do a live demonstration with my co-therapist, uh, Jill Levitt, which we do every year, which is the night of the first day of the workshop is is, is dramatic. Uh, participants will do their own live work the evening the third evening the evening of the third day of the yeah. workshop and you're going to learn tons of techniques team therapy techniques uh, cbt for dealing with depression and anxiety it's the best teaching of the year usually, usually for a number of reasons yeah not the least of which is i have will have a lot of helpers from my tuesday group at stanford as well as from the Feeling Good Institute, and they'll be there to help you with the small group practices. Of course, I will be helping you too, providing individual uh, feedback when you practice d- different techniques. It's, it's a fabulous training experience. It, it's usually a fabulous personal experience as, as well. Last, last week, the facility wasn't very good, but the, the group was phenomenal. It was just amazing. And this year, we're moving back to the, very superior, uh, facility, the South San Francisco Conference right, Center. So
0: you, you meant last year's facility was yeah, last year a little bit difficult. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It was a kind of a crummy hotel, but now we're going to be in a great facility. And so come, come, come if you can. And to register, you can go to my website, feelinggood.com. That's one word with two G's in the middle. www.feelinggood.com. And you can find all the information on the workshop tab that uh, you can find uh, information details registration cost uh, all of this uh, all of this stuff so if you're looking to attend one of my workshops the, this this is the one to attend and la- in recent years we've had people from all over the world uh, you know as far as uh, you know China and Europe and uh, asia and M- M- middle east so come on if you can yeah in fact i know a woman is coming from india for it
0: that's great well, you know, I, I've taken your intensive and, and, uh, I can vouch for it. I, I, actually, I did this in the early days of when I joined the Tuesday group. And, uh, I, I have to agree that, um, having all the, the helpers, like there's a number of tables around the room and there's a helper that comes to each table to, to see how we're doing in, in the practices. And it's re- yes.
1: And that reminds me of one oh, other oh, thing. I, if you remember that intensive one, evening, I was just dead tired because uh, I'd been you know, teaching like 12 hours straight. Yes. And then this woman approached me.
0: It is an intense, intensive. Oh, it is.
1: Absolutely. And wanting, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but she, she was looking for some personal help. She was yeah. telling me her whole life story. And I was just thinking oh, my gosh, I got to go back and get Not some rest. Now. And then I saw you, Fabrice. Do you remember? I said, Fabrice, yep. help right. me. Yeah. Uh, we have to cure this woman really fast. <laughs> and Fabrice, you interacted with her. And in about three or four minutes, she was kind of saying, Eureka, I'm... Cured. I'm feeling
0: wonderful. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. There was a nice synergy. It was yeah. like very serendipitous. So yeah. if
1: any of you are looking for a fantastic therapist, uh, go to <laughs> Fabrice's uh, website. You're open for, for business, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, Google my name. Google the name
1: yeah. Fabrice Nye, Nye. Yeah.
0: What, so w- what I wanted to add also about your intensive is that, um, it's optional, but, uh, you do lunchtime hikes. Where people get a chance to consult or or do personal work, kind of like your your Sunday hikes, isn't it true? Sometimes in the evenings we, 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 evenings, we, yeah, maybe, we, we do that. Lunchtime. We go out and hike
1: along along the yeah. bay and do personal work uh, along the way. And and you'll all have a chance to do personal work because I promised to bring at least sixty five percent of the audience to a state of enlightenment on the last day of the workshop. Well, and that's that means a challenge. Euf- euphoria. Yeah, uh, we we did that with the uh, one Jill and I did. Uh, the workshop about a week and a half ago, All right. and about eighty percent of the people went, raised their hand, so they went into uh of it. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's great. So uh, there, there, there's a lot, a lot there. So let's dive into the yes. Into the enough, topic. enough
0: about this. Let's uh, get into the the meat of the matter. So uh, we're talking here about the recovery circle, and this is something that often you you use in. Conjunction with the daily mood log, right? Absolutely, yes. So what, what do we put in the recovery circle? Okay. Well, f- first of all, where
1: does all this come? This is in the M equals methods part of the session. Right. It's T-E-A-M, testing, empathy, agenda setting, and methods. Yes. And so once we've empathized with the client and melted away the resistance, then how do we help the person change whatever whatever the problem is? Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to give an example of this recovery circle uh, for a, a case of uh, public speaking anxiety that someone asked me to consult about this case just uh, earlier in the week. And uh, That's a
0: rare case, you know. I've never <laughs> met anyone <laughs> with public
1: speaking anxiety, right. But uh, essentially, uh, at the methods portion of the se- session, you have the patient fill out the first part of a daily mood log, or they may have one from earlier in the session, or one that they filled out for homework. But it records a specific upsetting event, a lot of negative feelings, uh, and they're all rated from zero to 100, and then a lot of negative thoughts that generate those feelings, generally disord- distorted messages that, that, that you're giving yourself. And the whole idea behind the cognitive part of, of the work is when you change the way you think, you can change the way you feel. And in addition, when you're upset, the negative messages, I'm no good, I'm a loser, uh, the things that you're telling yourself are will nearly always be distorted, but they, they seem as true to you as the fact that, that there's a skin on your hands. And so it's really important to have many techniques to, to challenge uh, any, any negative thought. And in the early days of cognitive therapy, uh, before we had the tremendous agenda-setting paradoxical agenda-setting techniques we have today, it was often necessary to have tons of techniques because it might, if someone had the thought like, "I'm a horrible human being," or "or, or, or I'm a I'm a murderer because I had an abortion," or, or what or whatever the thought is. Yeah, it, it often took. 10, 15, 20 techniques before we found the one that blew the patient's mind, allowed them, the patient to see through the thought and experience It's almost
0: as if you were using the methods to melt the resistance.
1: Yes, yes. Now that we have the resist, anti-resistance, resistance techniques, it generally takes much, much many fewer methods. But to make a long story short, we take a thought from the daily mood log and, and I'll, I'll tell you the thought this person wanted help with. This was a man from Korea who's who's working here in Silicon Valley uh, in a high tech firm. Well, his name is Dashim. I always disguise everything to protect yeah, identities. That, that's
0: kind of given. Yeah,
1: but uh, he he was asked. He he's been very successful, very knowledgeable guy. Was asked to give a talk before uh, several hundred people in the firm about. Some of the breakthrough methods that he developed in computer software and, yeah. and so forth, and he, he explained that he did okay with small group presentations, but was was terrified uh, speaking before a big group. He, he was thinking that his uh, English is his second language, his voice is soft, and he 's telling himself that uh, I 'll mumble and look nervous and use filler words like uh and um yeah. when I talk, and so my colleagues are going to conclude that I'm not very intelligent. And, yeah. and he believed that uh, thought 100%, right. and it created intense feelings that he all rated at 90% on a 0-100 to 100 scale, uh, f- negative feelings of, of unhappiness, he feels down... Uh, you know he's it's it's he, he feels this way for weeks before the presentation, yeah anxious nervous panicky, defective, inferior inadequate, incompetent, he also feels ashamed and alone, embarrassed, humiliated, hopeless, discouraged, defeated, frustrated, angry, and upset, and also tired and exhausted from the constant worrying and he 's he was as- asking for, for help. And uh, public speaking anxiety is one of my favorite problems. Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I've suffered from practically every conceivable kind of anxiety, including horrible public speaking anxiety. And on a previous podcast talked about my first academic talk where I fantasized it was going to be a horrible humiliation. It was in England... At Oxford University, and it came out exactly the way I thought. It was one of the most humiliating experiences in my life. Right. So I had to deal with my own public speaking anxiety yeah. after that. And now I make a living, uh, you know, with, with with my public speaking. Yeah, and it's um, the thing now. I I, can, I love all, more than almost anything teaching and giving talks to to, to people. And I, I also love treating people with public speaking anxiety because I, I can say to the patient, I, I know how awful that is, and it's going to be such a joy to show you how to turn this around and show you how to become a dynamic a dynamic public speaker. And I, I would say I've treated just dozens and dozens of patients with this problem, and every single one of them has responded rapidly and, and dramatically to, to the technique. So yeah. I was kind of happy to talk about this example. Right.
0: That's great. So, so you, you helped this, uh, this person with the public speaking, uh, anxiety. And so I imagine that, you know, you did some empathy with that and, and you went through the agenda setting. And, and then how, how did you, how did you work using this, uh, recovery circle then?
1: Well, first, I'll just read the names of the techniques that I put in the recovery circle. But what I do, you know, in a specific way, I I hand the recovery circle to the client. We'll yeah. have one of these in the show notes. And by the way, if you go to the show notes, if you can, like
0: a lot I of your which you are we listening. encourage people to do, <laughs> yeah, right? You're, you'll get there's, so much more. I know there's tons of materials. You know, I know it's it's nice to listen to the uh, to the audio, but uh, until you you see this in with your visual eyes, you know, um, you can actually uh, get a lot more. Just to, to get those materials.
1: Yeah, particularly if you're in a therapist wanting to learn to use them with your clients yeah. or if you're a client or, or just a person struggling and want to help, help yourself, those written materials are can be amazingly helpful,
0: and as long as you're looking at the show notes, uh, do leave some comments where we read those and uh, and we try to do our best to respond.
1: Yeah, and I I respond to them too because yeah. if you comment, then they go into my email. Yeah, and then I'll you know most of the time give, give you a nice nice response so yeah. we have a little dialogue. And so the 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 techniques, of course, the, the empathy is a given. Uh, yeah but but the techniques on the recovery circle for this fellow we'll start out with uh, and I'll just read them and then we can talk yeah. talk about them yeah
0: uh,
1: and and the way the recovery circle is if you're in your car it's a circle with uh, 16 arrows yeah. going out of it and at the end of each arrow there's a box an empty box and in that box I write the name of a method yeah one of those 50 methods yeah. that we went over la- yeah. last week and so you can get sixteen methods on one recovery circle, yeah. and then there's a second recovery circle numbered from seventeen to thirty-two. Yeah, if one's... you want to
0: spend the entire week working with that person. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: well, you, I, I've often done this and come up with as many as twenty-five or thirty techniques for just that one negative thought. Yeah, and it's it's really good because then you see well, I've got all this firepower to help help this patient. You can mm-hmm. show the recovery circle to mm-hmm. the patient. And it gives the patient two messages. First, I know this is going to be tough, If yeah. you've struggled with it your whole life.
0: So that sets the expectations. Yeah,
1: and, and that's why we've got all these methods yeah. to, to help you. But at the same time, we've got so many methods to help you, it's yeah. an absolute right. slam dunk that yeah. we're going to crush this problem. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's, it's good from that point of view. Now, the techniques uh, for this thought, I'll mumble and look nervous and use filler words like um and uh... So my colleagues will conclude that I'm not very intelligent. Yeah.
0: And so this thought is written in the center of the circle.
1: Yes. And that's the thought that's actually causing the negative emotions. The public speaking is not making him nervous. Right. It's this distorted way that he's uh, thinking about the experience. And so uh, positive reframing uh, is is the first technique We'll talk about that in a minute. And then identify the distortions. Yeah. We'll talk about how that works. That's a second technique. Then the straightforward technique, the double standard technique. So um,
0: I'll stop you here for a second. The The four techniques that you just mentioned, empathy, positive reframing, identify the distortion, and the straightforward technique, which we've, by the way, talked about in our last podcast episodes uh, on the, the 50 ways, uh, those are always in the recovery circle. They're always the first four. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, those are techniques that you've selected for this particular thought. Can you briefly say a word about how you selected them? Well, uh, yes. People have always wanted rules
1: for how to select That's techniques. Right. Yeah. And through the years, I always said, please don't ever look for that. Yeah. You just go through the list. If something looks good, you put it in, a, in one of those, those boxes but people have pushed me and pushed me and pushed me people want formulas so right. i have created a table yeah. which is in my psychotherapy ebook where you can look up the distortion in the thought and that'll show you which techniques are the most effective like there might be five techniques that are particularly good if the, if the thought has all or nothing thinking or yeah. techniques that are very powerful for should statements that that type of thing in addition the chart shows that for some some problems, like depression, certain kinds of techniques will will work. Yeah. For other problems, like any anxiety disorders, there's other techniques that, that will be especially helpful. Yeah. For relationship problems, certain of the 50 techniques are very he- effective for those yeah. kinds of problems. And right. for habits and addictions, uh, there, there's a whole other group of, right. of, of techniques. It, it is not the case that one size fits all. And that's why in team therapy and the methods part, see, we talked about 50 methods last week, but there's actually now I'm I'm using 101 basic methods. It's list grows all the time because some, some techniques are good for some problems. Other techniques are good for other problems. And it's not true that one size fits all, you know, for, for, Decades, therapists are trying to find the one good technique that will cure everybody. So mm-hmm. Freud said it was free association on the, on the couch. And, and then, uh, uh, Carl Rogers said it's empathy is what everyone needs. If you just learn how to empathize, then yeah. people will do the rest. And, and then you've got EMDR and ACT and CBT and, and DBT and everyone's got, or body work or, yeah. or everyone's got something that they think is supposed to, to cure everybody. And, and everyone's right, in a way. All those techniques have value. Yeah. But, but there isn't any one technique that, that, that's going to cure yeah. e- e- everybody. And yeah. even two patients with the exact same public speaking anxiety or the exact same panic attacks will generally not respond to the same techniques. Yeah. So I've my techniques are drawn from a dozen or more uh, schools of therapy, and mm-hmm. in, in, in team therapy is not a school of therapy. You can draw any methods on any methods you want. We have fifty or hundred that we use. But there's although even more. I have
0: to to say that you know ninety percent of what what you work with is derived from uh, cogn- cognitive and behavioral methods.
1: Well, a lot of it is, but a lot of it isn't because I don't think the motivational techniques are cognitive. I True, don't think yeah, the interpersonal yeah. techniques yeah, are cognitive. Yeah. And, and exposure isn't cognitive and well, it's, uh, behavioral. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, there's a lot of cognition in there, but the, you can you can put anything in the mix That, yeah, I agree. that you like.
0: And and I do.
1: Yeah. Right. Some
0: of the methods that you don't use, so <laughs>
1: Well, maybe I'll, I'll use them. You can tell tell me what they are. Well,
0: we'll have to talk about it. Okay, another All right. episode.
1: All right. As long as you're getting rapid and lasting changes from yeah. people, if, if you can see through measurement, yeah. through testing that yeah. what you're doing is is helping, that's yeah. that's the only uh, science and measurement yeah. is the only arbiter of what what works and what yeah. doesn't. So anyway, you know you start out with empathy and then you do your pos- positive reframing of that thought. We've talked about positive reframing of emotions, yeah. but you can also we'll do positive reframing with this thought. I'll look nervous and mumble and et cetera. <clears throat> you can identify the distortions. and then you can use the straightforward technique. and then uh, we can go into, you know tons of techniques in any order you want, but the, there's a the double standard technique. Uh, externalization yeah. of voices yeah. with acceptance paradox and self-defense paradigm. That that's going to be a heavyweight yeah. technique. Uh, examine the evidence is, mm-hmm. is a good one. <clears throat> Self-disclosure is a powerhouse that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. The survey te- technique is, it, it, it is a great one. Uh, let's be specific is, is, is huge. Uh, the, uh, uh i've got more here on the survey t- technique than we do a cost benefit analysis or a, co- a paradoxical uh, cost benefit analysis yeah uh, we can use any of the three or all of the three uncovering techniques the individual downward arrow, the interpersonal downward arrow, and the what if technique uh, The feared fantasy is we've got to model that for 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 this problem in in the podcast
0: that that's killer mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then we have some some role plays with the Tuesday group volunteers uh, in the, some past episodes. By the way, absolutely,
1: yeah. Uh, and a lot of these techniques we we brought to life in, in previous episodes. Cognitive flooding would would be huge. Shame attacking exercises would be absolutely huge. And we're going to record some shame attacking exercises for all of you folks here. Yeah. Uh, soon, one one evening, we're yeah. going to do those with the uh, Tuesday group at Stanford. So you'll get. In on the, on the zaniness, it's yeah. a bizarre and incredibly humorous therapy technique, but it's also very powerful and healing. Uh, the semantic technique, uh, the positive imaging, thinking in shades of gray would be huge, and the hit, hidden emotion uh, technique. Now, all of those 20 or so techniques I just read would be part of what I call the inner solution. Helping th- this fellow who we're calling, uh, Dashim, with the internal solution, changing the way he thinks and feels. Mm-hmm. But he'll still be a crappy public speaker. So then we also need the external solution, which are what are some specific things he can do to actually improve his, his public speaking skills. And I've, I have eight tips here. Uh, maybe we can go over those after we've done yeah. the, the inner solution. Yeah. So that's the overview of it and um let's 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 bring a few of these uh, to to life.
0: Now uh, let me ask you a, a question before we we continue. Now you have, you know, uh, 15 techniques, uh you know 11 of which are just added to to the uh recovery circle. H- how do you know when to stop? Oh,
1: um Great question.
0: Because we don't want to spend the whole day on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, he believes this thought 100%, this yeah. negative thought, yeah. and that the necessary and sufficient condition for emotional change is coming up with a positive thought to challenge that negative thought. Yeah. And the positive thought has to be 100% true, and it has to lower his belief in this negative thought to zero or lower dramatically. Yeah. And the necessary and sufficient condition for emotional change is that he stops believing this thought. The moment he stops believing this thought in that very instant, he, he will recover. His, his feelings will change. And so.
0: So how do you know that he stops
1: believing it? Well, um, there, there's many ways, um, but, one thing, after each positive thought, you ask him to write down how much he believes the positive thought, and then you say, how much do you now believe this negative
0: thought? So you keep checking as, as you go along.
1: Yeah. yeah. And if he still believes, it, he'll say, well, maybe it's gone from 100 to 90%, you, you know, he, he, he still believes it. Mm-hmm. But when he suddenly says, oh, that, that's zero now, I, I, I no longer believe that, That then you know, you've hit a home run. And all you need to do is get the patient to crush the first of many negative thoughts on the daily mood log. Because once they've crushed the first one, the whole brain changes. And then they can generally just blow all the rest of them out of the water. The other way you can find out is using externalization of voices. We, we can, we can try that one. Role play it too, because you can tell when you're doing externalization of voices, if a person is going into enlightenment or, or, or they're still struggling.
0: Right, because um, in, in all the examples that we've seen um, in our podcast of using the externalization of voices, um, you never do it on just one thought that I can recall. So well, I always
1: start out doing it on one thought. Yeah. And we do role reversals back and forth until the patient has just totally blown the thought out of the water. Yeah. And then I immediately jump in and attack them with the other thoughts on the daily mood log, and usually they can just blow them out of uh, out of the water too at right. that
0: point so so that first thought that you start working on, the one you put in the center of the recovery circle. Seem to be like a, a key thought. How how do you select that? I just say to the patient, "What thought do you want to work on first? And whatever
1: they say, I say, "That's a great one. Let, uh, I'd love to work on that one." Because usually, all the the thoughts on their daily mood log are good ones. I help them set up the daily mood log and word the thoughts, so I know for sure they're all thoughts that we can work on effectively. We may need to
0: do an episode on that too, because there's a there's a little bit of a of a skill to that.
1: Well, people have asked for that. A, a, a really uh, hardworking and uh, uh, therapist in the Central Valley, Danny Prime, uh, has asked for a podcast on that exact topic. Okay, we'll we'll have to do that. Yeah.
0: Hi, Danny. I hope you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so moving on.
1: Okay, so let's start out with positive reframing because we yeah. you do that at the agenda-setting phase. Yes. Uh, what do the negative feelings show about you? That's positive and awesome. Yeah. And what are some advantages of the of this negative feeling—shame yeah. or anxiety or depression or anger or whatever it happens to be? But then you always want to do that as your first technique with a negative thought as well. So let's do that together. Yeah, And it is a paradox. Once you see what's beautiful and and awesome about a a negative thought, or what it shows about you that's positive and awesome, what are some benefits of that, it paradoxically becomes much easier to let go of the, the negative thought, to challenge the negative thought. So before we rip into this thought, I'll mumble and look nervous and use filler words like uh and um, and my colleagues will conclude that I'm not very intelligent. Yeah. What does this negative thought show about Dashim that's positive and beautiful and awesome? That's the core values. And I'll, I'll keep track here on a piece of paper. Yeah. And then, are, what are some advantages or
0: benefits? Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll pretend to be Dashim and, and look into that. So, um, the the fact that I have this thought is that I'm doing some self monitoring. That in and of itself could be an advantage. Doing self monitoring. So um,
1: an advantage is, is I'm noticing.
0: I'm what, noticing uh, my my own uh, performance and uh, effectiveness.
1: Noticing and monitoring. Yes, and, and uh, you would need to do that in some
0: way to to improve. Yes, absolutely. You know, so if I don't notice that I'm just doing a crappy job i'll keep doing a crappy job oh that's awesome <laughs>
1: that's a huge advantage yeah Good. it is um also what are some other advantages um uh, this this thought is going to make you very anxious and insecure what are some yeah, benefits so it's, of it's, that?
0: so it's provoking some of the emotions that are listed on the on the daily mood log and um those emotions, in and of themselves, I have some advantages because they kind of, you know, spur me into, you know, um, trying to improve. They, uh, you know, keep me on my toes.
1: Yeah. Uh, now let's look at what you ju- just said. It motivates me to 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 improve. Uh, is is that true?
0: Well. Not always. Some, sometimes they kind of like well, undermine. I, I, me. I
1: heard that at, at at Google, you're one of the top engineers. <laughs> Did I hear it incorrectly? Um, I. You told me you're I, you're getting some of the highest ratings of anyone at Google. Well, that that could be true. Yes. And so, uh, would you say that your anxiety has motivated you well, throughout your life? I, I guess that there's a possibility there. So yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. And so. Um, uh what are some other uh, good things about this th- this thought oh and by the way uh, didn't didn't your anxiety bring you to me
0: that's true yes
1: well, well it could be better than meeting me well
0: i, I have to agree <laughs> there
1: you know? but, but not to take it out of the joking <laughs> you know we are going to work together and turn you from a crappy public speaker that you are now into a dynamo yeah would that be good
0: uh, yes, if if that's what the result is, absolutely, that, that's a so, big advantage. Okay, so so Im, Im, improve
1: my uh, my public speaking, and, and it's so cool when you find out the secret of becoming a dynamo. it's yeah. it, it's, it's always very it not is. what you thought it was going to be, no. but it's uh, it's cool. Yeah, so you're going to improve. What 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 does this show about your core values? Well.
0: Um, there's a number of things that I care about one is to- oh by the way what did I just do what therapy technique did I just use
1: um well we're doing positive Den- reframing well, right but I slipped something in there, dangling the Oh, dangling the carrot uh,
0: right we-, we haven't talked about this uh, right it's
1: well right it's just yes. it's one of the paradoxical agenda setting techniques and every therapist would do it in their own way. I do it yeah. in the way David does it. But what I'm saying to the person, I'm dangling the carrot. I'm saying, I, I have something good for you. Yeah. And if you, if you can't do that, the, the question is, why should the person be coming to see you? Yeah. Uh, you, you, it's, it's, it's saying, it's getting, get, getting the, it's one of the techniques to help them overcome, overcome re- resistance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, what, what does this thought show about you and your core, core values? So, so for sure, I care about doing a good job. Okay, is, is
1: is is that true?
0: Yes, that is true. Um, so, so you have high standards, right? As high as they need to be in in that context, for sure. Yeah,
1: and, and is that important? Is that a good thing to care about doing a good job?
0: It's necessary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't want be, be a slacker.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. you're definitely not. Yeah. you accomplished a tremendous yeah. amount in your life. What what else does this show about you and your core values? That's positive and awesome.
0: Well, uh, I also uh, care about communicating um, knowledge in a clear oh, and understandable yeah. way.
1: Yeah, and could we also add it shows that I care about my colleagues.
0: That and my relationships with my colleagues. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, is that a good thing? I don't know. Oh, I, I see. You're saying you... or Maybe you're telling me you kind of don't give a shit about your colleagues. Is that true? You don't well, care that, what not, they think that's about not you? Well, that's not what I'm saying.
0: What I'm saying is that you know, caring too much about uh, you know, my well, relationship all of these with them, things. All know.
1: of these things are two-edged swords.
0: That's right, But yeah. what's
1: the positive side of, of caring about your colleagues? And well,
0: relationships are important. You know. Is that true? Yes.
1: Yeah, so you care about relationships yeah. and, and and you care about communicating clearly. Yes. Is that important?
0: It's important to me, yeah.
1: What else is the show about your core values that's awesome?
0: Um, I, can, I can help out
1: if you yeah. get stuck, but yeah, you're well, doing great.
0: I'm sure you have some ideas there. Why don't, why don't you uh, kick in some of yours?
1: Well, it, it seems to me that you're honest about your flaws.
0: Well, I am with you. I, I don't think that I am and with... And with yourself. With myself, yes.
1: Uh, is, is that an important quality? Because um, some people deny their flaws. They think that, they're the greatest.
0: Yeah, Ooh. I know some people like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. So, so, uh, and so are, are you blaming the world or are you being accountable?
0: Well, I'm being accountable, Is yes. that an important thing? I would say so, mm-hmm.
1: and would 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 you say that uh, this uh, thought portrays you as uh, arrogant, and narcissistic, or humble?
0: I'm um, certainly not arrogant. I I can see that uh, you know I'm not the greatest star in the bunch.
1: Yeah, and and uh, so let's put can we add humility to to our list? That's actually one of the things that. Uh, Will be the key to your becoming charismatic, and one of the things that I actually like about you an awful lot. Uh, kind of, my my heart goes out to you, and you come and you're you're saying, "I've got this problem, and I'm yeah. not feeling very, yeah. very good about it." And uh, I think that's a, a beautiful, a beautiful quality. Now, given now, also one other thing: doesn't your your uh, anxiety maybe would protect you from embarrassment? Like, you, you could kind of turn down public speaking, um, you,
0: you know, and also. It, I mean, it would, but I don't think that would be a good thing. Right.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, facing your fears uh, is, that's right. shows yeah. tremendous courage. Um, um, the, 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 the thing is, 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 is that your, uh, anxiety may, may protect you, uh, from, uh, from from disaster, uh, and, and and what what I mean by this is is that if you if we had a magic button and you pressed it and you stopped believing this thought, yeah, maybe you you wouldn't prepare and then you'd get up there and, and make a total fool of yourself.
0: And I wouldn't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, I, I guess that's a possibility. Yeah.
1: So the uh, anxiety, you know, protects you in, in in a way. Yeah. It it it. it um, yeah. yeah. So we've got four advantages and two, four, six, seven beautiful things that this thought shows about you. So given all that, maybe this isn't a thought that we should be challenging.
0: Yeah, maybe we shouldn't.
1: Okay, is there anything else (laughs) I could help you with
0: today? Well, actually, um, I I needed some money. Can you (laughs) you spare some? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Um, yeah, um, I, of course, I'm, I'm here to do some work on the, on the public speaking. And of course, I want to, to work on this thought. Yeah. So you although I can imagine that sometimes people may just say, you know, this is kind of useful for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: In, in which case then the therapist can sit with open hands yeah. and not try yeah. to change someone. Yeah. Change someone against their will. So should we assume that Dashim does want help? Yeah, I think so. You Dashim would yeah. like some help yeah. with this? Yeah. So would you be willing to dial down your belief in in, in this thought from a hundred percent to some lower level? If I can show you how to do that.
0: Yeah, I I would see dialing down would be would be good. Um it'd be probably true that I may still mumble and look nervous and use filler words. It doesn't necessarily mean that my colleagues will conclude that I'm a very intelligent so I'm willing to to look at that part.
1: I love what you're saying now, just stop the role play for a second and ask the listeners what just happened or ask ask you what just happened
0: well um you know there there's a willingness to to question the the negative thought,
1: yeah, we haven't even come in with any of the cognitive techniques yeah. yet you're already almost ready to bat the thing out of the park and that's just an important teaching point is that since we've been doing the positive reframing and the other paradoxical agenda setting techniques it's it's unusual that we need all of these 15 or 20 techniques on the recovery circle more often than not one or two or three techniques and and the person has has blown all the negative thoughts out Mm -hmm. out of the water but let's, let's go on to another technique now. Identify the distortions. That's, that's always one of the first things you do with a negative thought. Well, let's go through them one at a time and, and say uh, y- yes or no. Um, and the distortions are on the daily mood log on page two with brief definitions, all mm-hmm. ten of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a place to list them on the daily mood log right next to the negative thought using abbreviations. So. What what are some distortions you see in this uh, thought?
0: Um, the first one that's striking is uh, is uh, mind reading.
1: Okay, and now uh, that that's great. So I'm going to tick that off here and and t- tell me, Dashim, now why why you call that mind reading? Because you're absolutely right, and and why that might be a distortion.
0: Well, I'm imagining what my colleagues will be thinking about me. Yeah. Uh, where I don't even know where they're going to be thinking about me. Right. Um, Now, uh, I'll just tell the
1: listeners here uh, something that happened. When when I told Dashim about my own first experience, making a total fool of myself at Oxford University in England, how, how do you think he reacted?
0: Um probably surprised you you had this uh this he problem
1: was, uh, surprised but he also touched my shoulder and and in a very gentle comforting voice said i'm so sorry that you had that experience ah. you showed tr- tremendous c- compassion mm. and why why am i making that uh, that comment now well um, what does that have to do with mind reading
0: well because then it's a little bit of a double standard
1: you, well, you can yeah. start
0: to see that if the tables were turned, you would react in a uh, empathic and compassionate manner rather than you know be judgmental. That, that I love
1: what you're saying, and it's also kind of examine the evidence. Yeah, that's right. See, you're someone well, yeah, at Google yeah, who yeah. just heard about somebody who blew it worse than you could ever blow it. Yeah. And, and rather than reacting with, with derision, yeah. you, you acted with uh, great warmth and, and, and compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some more distortions in
0: that thought? Uh, so um, we're projecting something that hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. So there is um, fortune telling.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's a classic example of fortune telling. What what are mm-hmm. some more distortions? Do you have um, a list there
0: of 10 distortions? I... I uh, I do have it, yes. Okay. What we'll are some more? Um, so, uh, another distortion would be that um, well, magnification is, uh, is a distortion that's yeah. common in, in there. Yep. He,
1: um, he, he's magnifying how awful it would be to give a crappy talk. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and probably thinking it would lead to the uh, downfall of his career and ruin yeah. his reputation. Yeah, just and... to
0: make the stock tumble. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: <laughs> right. What, what what else? How about all or nothing thinking?
0: Um,
1: In other words... Is well, it,
0: it... yes, yes, because, um, you know, either I do a A-plus, completely perfect job, or I do the worst of the worst oh i and, love what and, you're saying and, and nothing in between and why
1: know? why is that unrealistic well, why is because, that a
0: distortion because you know life is not binary there's there's always shades of gray
1: i love that so would he you're saying he would that so you're saying thinking in shades of gray uh, he might not get a 99 but he might not get a 10 maybe he'll get a 35% or a 40% or a 50% yeah and uh, that that it's it's somewhere somewhere in between. Yeah, but also when he says everyone will think that I'm not very intelligent,
0: he's isn't he
1: imagining that everyone in the audience thinks exactly the same way?
0: Um, that's true. Yes, I mean he doesn't use the word everyone, but my colleagues probably assumes that all of them. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there might be a couple of colleagues who, who have thought, oh, wow, he's, he's really got lousy public speaking skills. Yeah. But he's assuming that, that everyone will be intensely judgmental and think that he is not very, very intelligent.
0: Yeah. In fact, when, when you see the words all or every mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the thought, it's right. a, a clue that there's all or nothing thinking. Right. Um, now, uh, we can brainstorm
1: together. I also saw it as an overgeneralization for, for multiple reasons.
0: Yeah, and, and that's something that I um, usually check in with my clients about because I don't necessarily know whether they're overgeneralizing, but they, they know in, internally.
1: Yeah, and there's two levels of overgeneralization. One, he's thinking that if one person has negative thoughts about him, because of, he mumbles or uses filler words than
0: everybody will. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That, that proves that everyone is the same and they, it, they all think the same way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is now true. For example, I did this workshop with Jill Levitt two weeks ago and my gosh, she was just fantastic. She just. She's like you, February. She just hits the ball out of the park every time she opens her mouth. She, she's well. You know her. You know. her. I know her. Is. No, she, no.
0: I, I, I don't. I don't. I cannot claim to be uh, at Jill's level. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. But
1: she sparkles, and, and yeah. she is clear and compassionate. She's just mind-boggling. And then she got an email from somebody who told her, "You shouldn't be using so many filler words. I loved your workshop, but you uh-huh. use too many filler words. Yeah. And you ought to work on this." And it was so interesting because I hadn't—I I didn't even hear it. Yeah, I had no—I was kind of happy because she's so fantastic. I thinking I'm glad she's got yeah. a flaw here or there, but uh yeah, it, I mean, everyone isn't thinking about these things in, yeah. in, in the same way. But in addition, uh, could we say that he's generalizing like you listeners will do, and like some of the rest of us do? And we'll have a whole podcast on this thing—generalizing from your performance to yourself. They'll think that
0: I'm not intelligent.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah,
0: that you know. Yes, that would be also a version of labeling.
1: Uh, perfect. Yes, right. Instead because of thinking that my my public speaking skills aren't very good. Yeah, uh, I'm. They're. They're. I'm they're, not very good. yeah i am they they are i am not very good i am not very good, and yeah. I'm not very intelligent. And
0: well, so let me give you a third thing then in this yeah. case, because what could be happening is that. Uh, I'm looking back at maybe one, uh, public speaking performance I gave and say, Oh, that was a terrible one. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will always have terrible, uh, public speaking performances.
1: Oh, that's another one. Yeah. 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 And, and that sells yourself short. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that's, a, and then like what you're saying, magnification and, and minimization, yeah. where there are other things that were heard for you, yeah. Doshim, like your IQ is probably 180, but, but you probably couldn't do, calculus when you were three years old probably when you were five (laughs) right (laughs) but you know have there been other things that have been hard for you to learn yeah that that you've worked at and and improved at uh is it a a mental filter or discounting the positive
0: um there there's probably some uh, discounting the positive you know which applies to to the self um you know i Certainly not looking at my, my good traits and my skills and the things that I do well. That's right. Yeah. That's for
1: sure. Also, he may be discounting the fact that he has many colleagues who th- think very warmly toward him. Yeah. And, and, and in addition, um, there was another important thing that he's, that he's discounting. Um, oh, just the fact that he gets up there to do it. Instead of running away and avoiding the way most people with public speaking anxiety. That's right, yeah. So if he yeah, can get up there, up there yeah. and give it a, a mediocre performance, yeah. that would be equivalent to an out-of-the-park home run. Uh-huh. Because he's confronting his fear, he's yeah. on the path, path yeah. to enlightenment. Yeah. Well, we could go on and on. Is, is it a hidden should statement?
0: Oh, yes. And what's the hidden should? I should not be mumbling. I should you know, do a great job. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the, it's the rule of the universe that I should not mumble.: you know? Yes,
1: I should have no weaknesses.: yeah, exactly. I should be able to master everything yeah. instantly. And um, is it emotional reasoning?
0: Um,
1: I feel well, like I'm going to screw up, therefore I am. I feel like people are going to judge me, therefore they are.
0: Well, I, I, I believe that uh, they're going to judge me. Uh, I think that the emotion there is anxiety, mm-hmm. but it's already coming from a So from I a feel thought.
1: anxious, therefore I'm in real danger.
0: Well, he's already um, believing that he's in danger. That's where the anxiety comes from. So I think that, yeah, right. that the emotion is generated by the thought. Rather right. than the other direction right. in this case.
1: Well I did a study of that in the Stanford Hospital. All right. The reciprocal causal links. Yeah. And uh the the study showed that negative thoughts indeed have a massive causal effect on negative feelings. Yeah. But negative feelings also trigger more negative thoughts. So when you get to feeling anxious and down and kind of worthless, you you begin to have more thoughts like, "Oh gosh, you're going to judge me. I'm going to screw up. I'm going my reputation will will be ruled ruined." And I feel it, so so it must be yeah. True. So it,
0: it intensifies the uh, the number of uh, you know negative beliefs that come up. Yeah.
1: And finally, could we say make a case for self blame?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you know. Not only does he see people as seeing him as not very intelligent, he's beginning to judge himself as not being very intelligent, you know.
1: Yes, and rather than thinking what are some specific tools I could use to improve my public speaking, he's beating up on himself. Yeah. He's criticizing himself yeah. and making himself feel, feel yeah. terrible. Well, uh, we've only done three of the 22 techniques, and we don't have an infinite amount of time no. here, so we could just uh, bring a couple... More to life. The, the, the goal here, as you were saying earlier, isn't to give a complete course in how all these techniques work or all the ways to, to defeat public speaking anxiety, yeah. but just to say we've got a rich matrix of, of, of methods.
0: Yeah. Just and to remind people who are listening that, you know, we're going down the recovery circle and we went from like one o'clock to four o'clock and we're yeah, continuing it, around the, the clock. So, the next technique here would be the straightforward technique.
1: Yeah, and just, just, and, and, and that actually, you just say, can you think of a way to talk back to this thought? And you can do that while identifying the distortions, actually. Sometimes they'll come up with a really good killer positive thought when they're explaining why it's all or nothing thinking or why they're explaining that it's, it's mind-reading. Right. And
0: that's how I like to work with my clients saying, well, you know, if there was, no labeling in there. How would you reframe this?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that's often, you know, as far as I need need to go yeah. with uh, to the straightforward technique, because because of the positive reframing, yeah. that's lowered the resistance.
0: And, but, and at this point, would be a good time to to say, so how, how much do you still believe this thought? Y- yeah, and, and a, see if it's still at one hundred percent.
1: Absolutely. Now suppose it it, it's still pretty high. We need yeah. some more techniques. How would the double standard technique work, Fabrice?
0: So the double standard technique, which we have demonstrated recently, um, would be to imagine that uh, Daeshim has a friend who comes to him with uh, a similar problem. You know, a really good friend who has public speaking anxieties and who, just like him, is... Very bright is uh you know working in and a high level in his company and is asked to give a presentation.
1: I I love that. Let's 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 do it. I'll be the friend and you be Dashim. Yeah. And I want to see Dashim how you would talk to a to a dear friend. Yeah. Could I talk to you for a minute, Dashim? Sure. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh I have to give this talk at Google uh in a few weeks to several hundred people. Yeah. And I'm pretty good, actually, in small groups. I, I, I can do I can do okay, but I'm freaked out by, by large groups. Now, I've got wonderful material to present. We've made some real breakthroughs in our uh, work on uh, computer software design. I'm excited to share these things with colleagues, but, but I've had some negative thoughts. Forgive me for rattling the paper, but I wrote one down here. And I was, I was wondering if you could tell me what you think.
0: Oh sure, yeah.
1: So, you, so, you know, I'm from Korea, and I have a bit of a soft voice, and and I've been telling myself I'm I'm going to mumble, and look nervous, and I'm going to use filler words like ah and um. So I, I'm pretty sure my colleagues are going to conclude that I'm that I'm not very intelligent, and uh, you know, then they're going to start judging me and looking down on me. Does that seem reasonable? Well, um,
0: David, um... Doshim. I'm Dashim. Oh, that's right. I'm David. You're Dashim. <laughs> <laughs> well well, David, um you know, it, it could be true that you may, you know, use some filler words and, and things like this, but look at it um a little bit with uh, some some different eyes where everyone everyone uses filler words um to some ex- extent, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> and um not only that, but that doesn't really mean that people are going to make conclusions about your intelligence. You're an extremely bright person. And uh, the very fact that they're asking you to present the work uh, really is a testament to how much they value you. So I think that um, people are going to be eager to hear what you have to say.
1: I love what you're saying. It's making me feel a whole lot better. But I've, are you just saying that to be nice to me? Or because it's true? Well, I, I like you very much, but it's just the, the truth. It's 100% true what you're telling me? But absolutely. And since I'm identical to you, then it would be true of you as well. Yes, it would. And then put that in the right hand column. That's yeah. yeah. so how you come yeah. up with a killer yeah. positive yeah. thought. It, it, that was really beautiful, the way you did that. I, um, you, have, you have a beautiful uh, therapeutic technique, for sure, because it, it, it combines... You're like Jill, in, in a way, combines warmth and compassion with powerful logic. Mm. So that's that's that technique. Let's do one or two others, then we'll bring this to a closure. Keeping yeah. in mind, we, we we have dozens of techniques we could bring bring to life here. Um, how about um, going from that? Should we go? Well, let, let's let's mention self disclosure. Uh, okay. Yes, that's, uh, that's a good one. But in shyness, in all of shyness, including public speaking anxiety, there's a tendency to be ashamed of your feelings, so you try to hide them and act cool. Yeah. And uh, an alternative thing is to use yeah,
0: secrecy is is a is a terrible thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not genuine, and no. you you don't have credibility, and you're trying to fake it, and and that makes it everything worse. And a really courageous technique is just to. Uh, uh, share your feelings at, at, at the beginning of the talk, not in a self-effacing way, but but, but in, a, in a friendly way. Uh, I mentioned on a previous podcast, it wouldn't hurt to just briefly mention it again here, I, I treated a woman who worked for a Fortune 500 uh, company, and she had to give a talk, and she had intense public speaking anxiety. At the beginning of her talk, she fainted.
0: She actually fainted, yeah, oh.
1: and, uh, but she was pregnant, and they attributed it to her pregnancy, mm-hmm. which she was glad
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, be, uh, but she kept having this fear that it would happen happen again, and she wanted to know how to how to handle this, and she had also been selected to coach a fellow. They thought she was pretty good public speaker. They didn't know how anxious she, she was and asked her to do public speaking coaching of, of another employee who, who was very anxious. And she said, what should I, what should I do? How can I handle this? I said, well, why don't you tell this to the fellow you're coaching? Tell him you got so anxious once you fainted. And she said, oh no, he'll look down on me. You know, I, I gotta keep this a secret. I said, well, you don't, you don't know that. Uh, you know, what? why don't, why don't you give it a shot? And so, she did it, and then she contacted me the, the next week. It had blown her mind. She said, this is incredible. The fellow that I'm working with, he said, that's the most helpful thing anyone ever told me. He says, God bless you for mm-hmm. telling me. I had, I had no idea you also have, mm-hmm. have anxiety like, like that. And she said, "It just put me in a state of euphoria. And I said, well, why don't you do that in your next talk at the company? So you just get up at the beginning and say, now listen, I want you all to know that I have public speaking anxiety, and I, I sometimes faint. <laughs> and, and if I do, just splash some water on my face and slap me around a little bit, and I'll come to, and then I'll continue to give my talk. Yeah. And she said, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And the next time she gave a talk, she said this, and everyone started roaring with laughter. They thought she was wonderful. And she gave said the most charismatic talk she's ever given, and and then she was hired to become the official trainer for about twenty Fortune five hundred companies, and she just went around giving seminars and public speaking to all these you know high level people like the ones you see on TV and stuff. That technique is self closure, and Estashim self
0: closure, yeah,
1: could do the same thing. You just say, "Listen, folks, I'm so flattered to be here today and talking to three hundred of you." I've got great material to share with you, and I just love this company and, and the chances I've had since I moved here from Korea. But, you know, I have kind of a soft voice. This is my second language. I often kind of mumble and use filler words, and that's, if I look nervous, it's because I really am. And, and so I hope you'll give me a little slack here while I share, share this material with you. Yeah. How would that sound?
0: So, sounds pretty good. I You know, I can imagine that some people in the audience might just go, okay, I don't need to hear this. Um, could it be done more skillfully? Yeah. In
1: a little more upbeat way. Yeah, I, I think that it... Because this is a narrow thing. If it comes across self-effacing, it won't work.
0: Yeah, you don't want it to sound like... Uh, Pathetic. like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. No, more like, um, like almost like poking fun at oneself in do a it, way. Do it,
1: do you it. Know? Model it. I didn't do a very good well, job. Well, I,
0: I don't know that I could do it any better, but... Oh, uh, I bet you can't. <laughs> And
1: if not, I'll feel comforted. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, so
0: there we go. you go. Know, and, and people might feel comforted, too. So um, um, let's say I come up to the dais and say, well, um, I have some uh, um, inf- information to share with you today, and uh, I just want to um, let you know that uh, being uh, from Korea, um, I, English is my second language, so, I hope you can understand me because uh, sometimes I don't even understand myself. Um, and, uh, I get a little bit nervous, uh, as you may have noticed already. You see my, how my hand is shaking here, but, um, I hope you won't hold that against me.
1: And again, to add and the reason I get nervous is because I love you all so much and, and I'm, <laughs> right. I do a great job <laughs> That's for you. I'm yeah, just you so proud to be yeah. a member of this group. That, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. And I use that all the time my, myself and it just works like a charm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, so the, to to wrap up, we've got tons of other tech, techniques and you never know the technique that's going to going to do it for someone. And then in addition to all these techniques to change his thinking and feeling, then uh, I, I would want him to be going to Toastmasters, which to get feedback, you give a lot of talks yeah. and they tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And just the exposure and practice yeah. helps a lot. Uh, I, I want him to get written feedback. And, and ratings every time he gives a talk. That's what I do. For, mm-hmm. I have them fill out a brief rating scale. What'd you like the best? What'd you like the least? So I can see how my ratings improve over time and see what specific things I'm yeah. doing that, that the audience likes. And dislikes.
0: In fact, they do that at Toastmaster. You, you get, oh, do they also? you get evaluated every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And as you know, in every Tuesday group, everyone has to do a rating. Every workshop yeah. in the evening, everyone do, does a rating. That, that's just in, invaluable. Get you out of the mind reading. Yeah. Um, make eye contact with people in the back row. Don't, uh, and don't read your talk. J- just give it from a series of, you know, one word. Outline just maybe five five words, but if you look at the people in the back row, everyone will think you're looking at them mm-hmm. um, if you're criticized, that's a fear that a lot of people have. use disarming and, and and stroking find truth in the person's criticism and compliment them and say that that that's a great comment that that you made uh, We could role play that in another in another podcast, but that's invaluable to public speakers uh, since then they, you suddenly realize no one can say anything critical that you can't turn to your advantage instantly by finding truth in it yeah. and, and letting them know that's important. If you don't know the answer to a question, you j- just say, wow, that's a good question, and you know I don't know the answer. I once took this advanced statistical modeling course from this guy in Philadelphia, James Arbuckle, who had the reputation of being a a mathematical genius. He was such a clear teacher. And I used to ask him questions all the time about things I couldn't figure out. And he he would always say, you know, David, I, I don't know the answer to that either. And he says, it's such an important question. Mm -hmm. And i respected the heck out of him for, for for saying that he was one of the top statisticians in the world. Yeah. And he was saying he doesn't know the answer to ton, tons of, of questions. And remember, finally, just like this podcast, uh A talk is is a love affair with the audience. you've got to have good material to present to them, but that's not going to be the basis of your ratings it's can you make them feel good about them about themselves uh, to relate to them as colleagues uh, as 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 friends instead of trying to impress them with your own skills or worrying about your own faults. So, let let them know what's really what's really great about about them, and boy, that that just uh, transforms. When I remember to do that, it just transforms my workshops from yeah. good to great and 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 beyond. Because yeah. that that connection, people are lonely and they're looking for warmth, even from a public speaker. Yeah,
0: it's part of reading the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Comedians are really good at that. Who are comedians? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: right. Yeah, and you probably develop a skill for it if you do enough public speaking, yeah. you begin to resonate yeah. with the I, people.
0: I, I would think so, yes. So So that that's for the the recovery circle. I yeah. think that uh, that was a, a good demonstration. Um, you know, we didn't go through all the techniques, but that wasn't really the the point. Um anything else you you would like to add?
1: No, um just that there were tons more techniques we, yeah, we, we could use, and I, and I don't stop working with a person until we've hit a home run and just blow the negative yeah. thoughts out of the water. And,
0: and, and maybe we'll we'll do another episode specifically on public speaking if uh, people are interested. Yeah, I have
1: several unpublished chapters I just found on my computer to yeah. today, so yeah. there's there's a great deal to be said. If people are interested, email me and let, let me know you want more on public speaking yeah. anxiety.
0: And one thing I would like to add is... Uh, Today we're uh, using a new set of microphones, and uh, we're still recording. It's still <laughs> recording, and, and we hope that we're going to get uh, good quality in there. But uh, uh, we'd love to hear feedback from people if the sound is better or different or worse. You know, we'd, we'd love to hear about it. We're hoping that this will improve our sound quality. Until next week, then. Thank Bye. you, Fabrice. Bye, David. This has been another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast. For more information, visit Dr. Burns' website at feelinggood.com, where you will find the show notes for this podcast under the blog page and where you can leave your comments and questions. The website has an abundance of resources for therapists as well as non-therapists, including books, workshops, a list of online training groups around the world, and much more. Theme music is Gypsy Jazz in Paris, 1935, composed and performed by Brett Van Donzel. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and I invite you to join us next time for another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast.